Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the Ed Surge On Air podcast. I'm Jeff Young, an editor here at Ed Surge, a national publication covering the intersection of tech and education. Online tutoring is big business, especially for companies that connect native English-speaking teachers with children in China for live video lessons. There's a growing number of these companies, and it can work really well for the teachers in the U.S., who use it as second jobs, they can wake up early and get in a couple hours of tutoring before heading to their own classrooms, or others even make it their main source of income and say it gives them freedom and flexibility. For all these positives, though, some teachers say they've wound up facing unexpected encounters as they beam into the homes of students far away via live video. Some of these tutors say they've witnessed parents engaging in harsh physical discipline on screen that some describe as abusive creates a tough situation. What do you do when you've seen something like that? And what should the companies that run these tutoring services do? My colleague Emily Tate has spent the past several months investigating these questions. And you can read her story today in Ed's Urge, in a long-form article that we co-published with Wired Magazine. You can find the piece at bit.ly slash tutoringconcerns. I connected with Emily this week to, to talk about what she found Warning, though, you may not want to listen to this one with kids. There's there's some parts that are a bit graphic. All right, Emily, how did you first hear about this story? So I first heard about this story about about six months ago from a teacher who tutors students online. And she said that she had recently seen something disturbing happen during a lesson. So, um, you know, she is sitting in her home office um, teaching a child in China um, from thousands of miles away through a computer, and she sees the mother of a little boy come on screen and start beating him. And she had no idea what to do. She was completely thrown off that this was happening. And, you know, it, she found it traumatizing, but also didn't know since she was in the US and they were in China, she didn't know what the laws were, she didn't know what her responsibility was, and she didn't know what the company could or would do about it. Yeah, wow. And I mean, can we back up a minute and talk about this kind of online tutoring? Because it turns out this is actually kind of a, a big phenomenon, This um, these tutors working with kids in China. It is a big phenomenon. Um, in the last four or five years, this industry, um, particularly connecting native English-speaking teachers with children in China, has exploded. There are now dozens of companies that do this, and um, you know they are raking in lots of uh, venture capital. They are um, contracting with over a hundred thousand U.S. teachers, teaching over half a million students in China, um, and operating some two hundred thousand lessons a day. Maybe just. Tell us a little bit more about how this works for for the teachers that use it um, typically. Sure. So it's actually a really great setup for the American teachers because they get paid pretty well, um, usually between $15 and $25 an hour. Um, The curriculum that they teach is pre-made and they can work at their leisure. Um, They can choose their own schedule and they can work from their own homes or anywhere in the world. So it it really is a nice setup for them. And what happens is, you know, if I'm a teacher on one of these platforms, I'll be sitting at my desk in my home 
and I will log on to the platform and have a, a usually a half hour lesson with a child in China. These kids are usually between the ages of four and 12. And, um, you know, you're teaching them English. So you're focusing on grammar and pronunciation, um, depending on the age level. And it's just through a video. Yeah. So, so it's just through a video call um, where you're seeing into someone's home. Yep. It's, um, it's live. So it's happening in real time. Um, and it's all online, almost like a Skype lesson. So it, it sounds like in your reporting, you ended up spending a lot of time with a particular tutor once you started to, to ask around and, and that person asked not to be named, but I, I guess I wanted to ask what the, the, this person that kind of became the, the, the lead anecdote of your story, which people should totally read. Um, what, what was her, what was her situation? Yeah. So you're talking about Jordan. Um, Jordan is a classroom teacher. She teaches uh, in New York, but when she joined the one of these companies, uh, VIP Kid, which is actually the largest um, of the online English teaching companies, she joined last summer because she was living in Central Europe and she um, wanted to be able to keep teaching, but do it from a place where she could explore a different part of the world. So Jordan had been working for VIP kid for a few months, um, usually teaching between 12 and 18 classes a day, um, starting from early in the morning until early in the afternoon. And then, um, you know, go off and spend the rest of the day, you know, touring a city. Um, but a few months into this job, um, at, toward the end of a day, Jordan was teaching a lesson with a student that she had worked with just once before. And right off the bat, it felt strange to her. The lighting was pretty dim in the child's room. um, And and it was a four-year-old boy and his mother was sitting near him. And, you know, the whole lesson, she felt like the mother was sort of intimidating him. Um, she would interrupt the lesson, speak over Jordan, speak over the boy, um, trying to um, give him the correct answers. And at, at some point, Jordan became so nervous that she called in the company's 24-hour support team. Um, they're called firemen. And someone entered the class and you know, asked her if everything was okay. And Jordan told him that she was uncomfortable but really didn't provide the, the support personnel didn't provide any other guidance and she had to keep teaching the class. She had to reach the 25 minute mark in order to get her full pay. Hmm. So at this point she just wanted the lesson to end. So she starts singing the ABC song with this child. Um, And as they're working through the alphabet, the mother keeps interjecting, giving her son the correct letters um, and Jordan says, mom, I've got it. I, I can teach him mom. And so they continue the song and the mother was, you know, still there, still kind of shouting. And Jordan noticed that the boy kept recoiling like he had been hit before. Um, and then the mother hit him, um, right in view of the camera mm. and Jordan you know, jumped in and said, no, stop. He's fine. Um, and then 
A few moments later, the 25 minutes were up and Jordan quickly logged out. Um, But she was sitting at her desk for a few seconds and realized that she was worried about what was happening to this boy on the other side of the screen. So she logged back into the lesson and his camera was actually still recording. And Jordan saw that the mother was using a blue plastic clothes hanger to hit her son repeatedly um, right on screen. So though the room was dark, she could still make out what was happening and she could definitely hear him. She said it was blood curdling sobbing and that with her noise canceling headphones in her ears, um, you know, it was particularly traumatic for her. Hmm. So at this point she logs out of the lesson for good. Um, and she has to decide what to do. Hmm. So, I mean, do you have any sense of how often this kind of thing happens? So it's really hard to say because um, I, I've reached out to the companies and I've talked with them and they won't tell me um, how often they receive reports of this type of abuse. Um, but I have, these teachers are particularly active on private Facebook groups and they talk about this issue a lot. Hmm. And I would say I see a new post about it um, about every week. And hmm. then when someone posts, many teachers comment, I would say dozens of teachers comment on most of these um, Facebook posts saying, yes, it's happened to me. This is what I did. Um, you, you know, it, it's hard to say, but anecdotally of the 25 teachers that I spoke with for this story, um, about two thirds have seen something similar to what Jordan described. And what have the companies done, VIP Kid and, and the many others you mentioned, in response to, to questions and concerns by teachers like Jordan that have seen something like this? So I don't think these companies were expecting this as um, a consequence of allowing, you know, live online video lessons between teachers and students. Hmm. Um, it happened you know, they, they started and then they grew so quickly um, that I think it's kind of gotten away from them. So I spoke with the founder and CEO of a nonprofit in DC called the Family Online Safety Institute. Um, His name is Stephen Balcom and his organization includes members from Amazon and um, Google to Facebook and VIP Kid who basically said just that he said, um, if you think about Facebook, you know, they, you know, for a long time, they didn't have live video feed and that was, um, and that took years. And then you have these young companies that just went right into live video. In other words, Facebook had a relatively long period when it was just text, then photo, then video. VIP kids have gone boom straight into not just video, but live video mm-hmm. from two locations with all the extraordinary benefits that brings, but also with the potential problems that that brings. Um, but beyond, beyond that, I think, you know, these companies do seem to have policies in place. They just all are reactive. So the abuse will have already taken place before a company policy really comes into play. So, for example, 
with VIP Kid um, in November of 2018, they introduced a new feature um, so that during a lesson, a teacher can go and click the, um, they can call the fireman, that support team I mentioned, and say that it is a critical safety concern. So this is going to alert the support team at VIP Kid that a child may be in danger. But even now, many teachers haven't seen those policies mentioned anywhere. Um, you know, they were sent out in a newsletter, but they were um, located quite far down the newsletter edition. Um, and they're available on a support page in the teacher portal. But you have to search that specific term, um, critical safety, or go through several tabs to be able to find it. So it's not exactly the most accessible. Um, and then the other companies, there's a company called Magic Ears. Um, it actually has four students paired with one teacher. Um, and its guidance is, you know, if a teacher sees some inappropriate behavior happening in one of the students, um, on one of the students' screens, they need to disable the camera and, and mute the sound so that the other children can't see it. Um, another company called QKids uh, actually in June contacted their teachers to let them know that they were required to report any um, child safety concerns that they witnessed during class and that they wouldn't, it, the company told the teachers that they wouldn't be informed of how the situation was handled, but that it would be addressed in a prudent manner. So these companies are grappling with the issue, um, but I talked with some psychologists who study child development and, um, you know, violence against children, and they say that, you know, once a child has been abused or even once someone has witnessed abuse, so in this case, the teachers, I mean, the damage is largely done. So the important thing these companies need to be doing, according to the according to the psychologist, is getting out in front of this issue. And that may mean saying in a policy on the company guidelines, you cannot use violence against your children during these classes. And if a teacher sees it, or if they hear it, or they hear you threaten it, they're ending a the lesson and you don't get your money back. Mm -hmm. Now, the, you did reach out to the companies, I assume. Is it, what was their um, response as far as this story? So I did reach out to the companies, um, and unfortunately, none of them made anyone at the company available for um, a phone or in-person interview with me. But they did um, answer some of my questions and send a short statement. So in the case of VIP Kid, uh, their PR director told me that Quote, the safety and security of teachers, students, and parents is a top priority for VIP Kid, and we take these matters very seriously. We have a process to address these very rare instances directly with the parties involved to ensure their, their welfare. Now, I guess the other, the other thing that seems at play is not only are these children far away, as you mentioned, like halfway around the world, but there's, they're in a different culture and there's there's a you know clearly um a gap between what i'm sure these teachers understand about the the chinese system versus and vice versa so um it seems like you were looking around at that at that issue about uh, as you did your reporting 
Yeah, this is um, this is definitely an important element of the story because a lot of these teachers, as they um, witness abuse, what they would describe as abuse happening on screen, they also ask themselves, "Is this a cultural difference? Am I, you know, discriminating against Chinese culture or foisting my Western values on, you know, these families by?" being disturbed by what I'm seeing. But across the board, uh, between the anthropologists and the psychologists that I've spoken to, they say that's not the case. They say that what these teachers are seeing on screen, in fact, crosses a line regardless of the, um, the country or culture or jurisdiction that they're in. Um, I spoke with an anthropologist who studies child development and morality in China, um, and she herself is Chinese born. And she said when she was growing up in the 80s, um, you know, maybe a, a spanking or a slap on the hand was normal, but certainly not what these teachers are seeing on screen. Certainly not um, parents hitting their young children in the face. Um, and she said today, especially um, people in China would uh, frown upon that sort of behavior. And, um, but even, even more than that, the country, um, has moved to make it illegal to hit your children. Um, China in 2015 passed a law banning domestic violence. And, um, in the law, it says that, hold on, I need to find this language. Um, staff members at kindergartens, schools, Hospitals and other community institutions are actually required to report violence against children, um, making it somewhat similar to the mandatory reporting laws that exist in the U.S. and in many other countries. Right. So I guess these, like you said, this has grown up so fast. The norms have not really kind of developed clearly for what happens when you have this um, teaching via video across the world. No, certainly not. And I think um, one element of this, and and this is a point that Stephen Balkum um, at FOSI brought up to me, is that you these teachers are being invited into um, a person's home, and you don't often get to go into a stranger's home. And so I think you know that brings with it some opportunities to. Um, you know, unite two different cultures and, um, you know, have some really neat idea, idea sharing and um, experiences between teacher and student that are, you know, have a lasting effect on these teachers in a positive way. But it also brings with it um, some possible harm. And, and that is what we're seeing here, that while these companies um, are doing good for many of these teachers and it's allowing them to do things um, and have a lifestyle that they otherwise couldn't, um, there is a dark side to it. So what's next? Is, it seems like they're, you're seeing even um, some teachers kind of petition and raise this issue to some of these companies. What, what's, what do you think is, is happening next in this, in this space? Yeah, I, I, there, there seems to be at least in these Facebook groups, a sense that, um, you know, teachers want something to be done. I saw in one of the groups, um, it was specific to VIP kid that one of the teachers asked if others would sign a petition asking the company to do more to address these, um, situations of child abuse during their lessons. 
And I also think that, um, as the psychologist suggested, there are opportunities for the companies to put in place um, new policies that protect the teachers as well as the children that they serve. So um, this is actually this has actually worked well in the U.S. Um, because state to state, we have very different laws on corporal punishment, um, and there's a lot of gray area. So hospitals, schools, churches, they've instituted something called no hit zones, where um, you know basically regardless of the law in that state, uh, it doesn't matter. You can't, adults can't hit each other, children can't hit each other, and adults can't hit children. So I've heard from several psychologists that that would work really well here. And I think it's something, I hope it's something that these companies will take a close look at, um, especially, you know, as the, um, as the concern over this issue continues to mount. Well, thanks, Emily. Thanks for sharing this story. And um, it seems like it was sort of a tough one to, to report. I know you spent a lot of time on it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been a bonus episode of the Ed Surge podcast. Each week, we explore the future of education and the intersection of tech and learning. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And for more on this story, definitely check out Emily's full article on Ed Surge at bit.ly slash tutoringconcerns. That's bit.ly slash tutoring concerns. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Until then, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.